take our Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter number 5 and 2 Peter chapter number 1. They're right there together. The last verse of, well, the last uh, uh, of 1 Peter 5, we're going to be in verse number 10. And then in uh, 1 Peter 5, uh, in 2 Peter chapter number 1, excuse me, verse number 2. So 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 2 is our, the basis of this uh, series under the series that we're doing. We uh, are talking about what God has given believers in the last three weeks. We've been talking about God gives us grace multiplied. And we've been looking at the grace that God actually multiplies to us as believers. We've seen thus far the safeguarding grace, saving grace, securing grace, sanctifying grace, serving grace, sacrificing grace, singing grace, speaking grace, and strengthening grace. You think, boy, surely that's all. No. We're going to be talking about suffering grace this morning. Suffering grace. And, and uh, I want to use uh, 1 Peter 5, verse number 10. Uh, there says, But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, notice this, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That verse uh, lets us know that God has does have a purpose in suffering, to, to bring us through suffering, and there's a purpose that God does that for. And uh, we, we thank God for Second uh, Peter uh, 1 and verse number 2, where that grace and peace along, uh, will be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's begin this morning we, as we look at there, the, the, first of all, the pain of suffering. We all know a little bit about the pain of suffering, don't we? The Bible plainly reveals that trouble and suffering is the lot of mankind, including believers. And, and, and we know that to be true uh, by experience. Uh, if you don't know it to be true by experience, just hang on. You'll, you'll know it before long. And we all go through troubles and trials at time, different times in our lives. We know that Job 14 verse 1 says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And that is true, isn't it? It is. Understand that there is suffering because of sin. Suffering because of sin. Suffering exists because of original sin, first of all. There are many that blame God for all the suffering in the world. I've heard people just blaspheme the name of God for allowing their loved one or allowing them to go through a time of trial and suffering. But original sin is what we can trace back that suffering to. All suffering can be traced back to Adam's original sin. If you don't get something bad at somebody, get mad at the devil for tempting Eve and uh, causing her to disobey the Lord. If you don't get mad at somebody, get mad at Adam and Eve for partaking of that fruit and, and plunging us into all this. But it's not God that do, did it, okay? Uh, God's the one that can give us help through it. <laughs> and if you get mad at God... And uh, you you have get a, wind up with an attitude toward him. You'll wind up with more pain and suffering, rather than the grace that you need to get through it. Genesis three reveals that sin brought with it a curse, and it brought sorrow and suffering. It brought death and destruction, and that's why we see what we see in this world. And 
And at that point, we know that paradise on earth was ended. You know, God created a paradise for man, placed him in that paradise. And, but he, he uh, sinned and uh, brought this suffering into the world. Another thing is that suffering exists because of our sin. We sin because we are sinners. Personal sin oftentimes brings us increased suffering. God's laws of sowing and reaping come into play even in the life of believers. Galatians 6 verse 7 and 8 was written to believers. Paul said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Uh, for he that soweth to, uh, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And we know that it is a true thing, that we reap where we sow, we reap what we sow, we reap more than we sow, and we reap later than we sow. Those are the laws of the harvest, and um, they apply to when we sow uh, the seeds of sin. Suffering exists because of original sin. It exists in our own personal lives sometimes because of our sin. But we, we've seen in just recent days, suffering also exists because of others' sins. Others' sins. Our lives can be affected by the sins of others even if we are believers and faithful to God. I think of the, just yesterday on the news. Uh, late, I was watching a, a Little League World Series, and uh, they at the end of that they broke in with the the what had gone on in over in Jacksonville, Florida. So a man from Clay County uh, went into a uh, Dollar General and he uh, killed three people and then killed himself. And uh, you, the uh, the family of the victims in yesterday's shooting there, you think about it, that they're suffering this morning because of somebody else's sin. Somebody else's sin. I, I think about uh, the judgment of God against wicked nations. Um, you know, when I, I believe that our nation has become wicked. And I believe that what we are seeing uh, with all of that... That's on the and and you got to agree that we are seeing an increased amount of fires and floods and uh, the storm that's coming. They they seem to be getting worse. They seem to be getting more uh, that are there. And uh, I believe that God's hand is against our country. Well, we can be affected as believers when that happens. If this storm chooses to come our way on Wednesday. Uh, some of us liable to. Uh, Suffer a little bit through that. Hope not. We pray not. We'll be praying for you if you have to go through that, if we have to go through that. But I just want you to see there's a possibility because our lives can be affected by the sins of others even if, if we are believers and faithful to God even in the midst of a God's judgment against our wicked nation. Suffering is part of living in a sin-cursed world. There are many examples in Scripture. You remember in the Old Testament, uh, Joseph suffered because of the sin of his brothers. His brothers hated him. You talk about hate crimes. <laughs> you know. Uh, and by the way, a crime is a crime. 
uh, I, I don't believe that uh, I, uh, hate crime should receive anything additional. I mean, it, it's in the act of the crime. Hate has existed uh, since sin entered the garden. You're not going to do away with hate. You're not going to. You're not going to do away with uh, people killing one another. It's going to happen until the Lord comes back. Amen. Uh, we're we're, we're going to see that. Now, Joseph suffered because of the sin of his brothers. Uh, and then he, when he got there to Potiphar's house, he suffered because of the sin of Potiphar's wife. She lied on him. And he had to go to prison because of that. And uh, we, we know that suffering can come our way just because we're living amongst sin-cursed people in a sin-cursed world. Think about Daniel and the three Hebrew children. Um, they were there, carried away into Babylonian captivity, trying to do right. They were. When you read chapter number one, uh, they didn't want to. They didn't want to defile themselves. They were trying to live for God. But Daniel and the three Hebrew children suffered because sin prevailed in their nation and they were carried away into the Babylonian captivity. And they had to go through that 70 years just like, just like the, the ones that had sinned against God. I know we don't like that. It might be hard for you to take, but it's the truth. It shows it from the Scripture. So suffering exists because of original sin. Our sin exists because of others' sin. And then I want you to understand that suffering expands because of overlooking sin. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have Mercy. We've got to have the right response to sin when we sin. And the right response for believers is to confess and forsake. Amen? That's what it is. Confess and forsake your sin because if you fail to confess and forsake your sin, it's not going to go well with you. Just not going to. The pain of suffering. Let's think next of all of the pathology of suffering. What types of suffering can we expect even as believers, some of us, us, and uh, I'm included in this. Sometimes we deal with physical suffering because of imperfections, imperfections, uh, genetic traits and disorders. Anybody got any genetic traits and disorder that you're dealing with in your body? I think we all have a little bit of that, don't we? We just we just do, and uh, we have to deal with that. Sometimes we deal with physical suffering. Sometimes we do have to deal with illnesses. You know, we, we talked about uh, those who were sick this morning. Um, you know, some of you may be here today and you're not feeling really well. And, and sometimes that we have to deal with that. And the reason we have to deal with that is because that's the way that suffering is. We, we have to deal with physical suffering. Sometimes we have to deal with injuries. 9-11 last year, when we, my son and I got rear-ended, he and I are both still suffering from neck injuries back injuries that we got from there. Well, it's part of living in this world that we live in. I think of natural disasters. As you, as I hope that you, when you see these things take place, that you take time to pray for the believers in the area. I mean, Hawaii still needs prayers. California, 
all the way up the coast there. Uh, Washington, Washington and, and Canada have wildfires too, all that area. I saw a, a map showing the different fires that were there. It's unreal what's happening up there right now. And um, the, there was tornadoes that hit uh, just day before yesterday up in Michigan and Ohio uh, causing issues there. Um, and what I'm saying is natural disasters happen. We need to pray for believers that are going through it because it might be our time next and we want somebody to pray for us. Amen? If, if this storm comes through and if it's significant, don't you want folks praying for us? I, I certainly do. And uh, we know that sometimes, though, that we can, uh, we can suffer physically because of the natural disasters. We're not, we're not exempt from that. Sometimes we have physical suffering because of financial hardships. Uh, we have to do without, maybe. Some folks have to do without medicine or they have to do without uh, necessary food uh, and uh, the different things uh, in their life. Sometimes uh, we deal with physical suffering uh, because of our aging. And the older we get, uh, the reality is the more pains we get. Amen. All God's old folks said, "Amen." Right? And we we know, we're understanding that we're we're getting there, and it seems like every day there's another another part that seems to not want to uh, uh, work function properly and wants to give you a little bit of uh, of trouble. But understand that that's part of living in these bodies that have been tainted by Adam's sin. So, we, so sometimes we deal with, with physical suffering. Sometimes we deal with emotional suffering. And, and many of us know what that's like. I mean, if you've ever dealt with depression, no matter whether it's a, a short period or maybe you uh, have had a long period of it, uh, that, is a, that is a real suffering if you're going through that. Uh, sometimes it's heartache, like, like uh, Miss Emma this morning. Now, she was rejoicing that her sister was no longer um, uh, suffering, but it's, there's sadness there involved too because she was really close to her sister. And so we, we know that heartache is a, an emotional suffering that we, we go through. Many of you have lost family members and uh, you suffered grief because of those things. And that's part of life. And we have to deal with it uh, when it comes our turn uh, to deal with it. Sometimes we deal with spiritual suffering. When we determine to live for the Lord, listen, we can just expect that we're going to suffer. That's what Paul said. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.12, he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Just mark it down. If you want to live for Jesus, if you're going to live right, you're going to suffer uh, some uh, persecution along the way. It might be by means of satanic or demonic oppression coming against you, or it might be uh, through persecution of uh, folks that don't like what you stand for, don't like what you have to say, or don't like what you believe. That's why Paul asked for prayers from the churches he wrote to. If you look at Paul's writings, you'll see he, he was constantly requesting prayer, and he was praying for those churches. Some of the churches were going through great difficulty too, and, and he not only prayed for them, but he also, he also requested prayers. And that's because we can um, 
we can suffer as Christians the, the matter of uh, spiritual suffering. So the pain of suffering, we've seen the pathology of suffering. Now, here's where we try to make sense of it. What's, what's the purpose of suffering? And, and that's where folks usually get hung up at. They don't see the purpose in it all. We know that this present world is under God's curse because of sin. And so the believer participates in the normal afflictions of life because he lives in this present world in a body that is descended from Adam. Amen. It just, it's just the facts. But why does God allow suffering in the life of a believer? Well, the first thing I want you to understand is sometimes it's for testing us. For testing us. Sometimes it's for growing us. And ultimately, it's for rewarding us. See, God uses suffering to test the believer's faith. He allows it to come. That doesn't mean that God brings the suffering, but could God stop it from coming our way? He's God, isn't he? He could, but he doesn't always choose to do that. And that's why when we read, read there in 1 Peter 5, verse 10, it may seem strange to us, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that ye have suffered a while. It just seems strange, doesn't it? After you've suffered a while, make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, settle you. Well, why, why is the suffering needed? So you can be perfected, so you can be established, so you can be strengthened by the Lord. And so you can be settled in your life. That's really the, the, the thing that he's getting at there. Look at First uh, Peter chapter number 1. First Peter chapter number 1. And we see um, some more that Peter had to say about this matter of suffering. And uh, in, in the first verses, he's uh, praising God for uh, who has begotten us again into the lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we rejoice in that. In verse number 6 and 7, he says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And that gives us that, uh, sometimes it's for testing, sometimes it's for growing us, but ultimately it's for rewarding us. Look at uh, chapter number 4. Chapter 4, verse number 12 and 13. Chapter 4, verse number 12. And, and he, he told these folks that he was writing and tells us, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. Now we find that that's, uh, that's, that seems odd, doesn't it? You're going through, through difficulty, especially fiery difficulty. That's, that don't, we don't like that fiery part of the trial, do we? Uh, but he says, but rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be also uh, may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached, there's some of that persecution. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory 
and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. James said, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Sometimes, sometimes trials come our way because the Lord's trying to develop patience in our lives. And then uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul reminds us that the affliction that we suffer, he calls it a light affliction. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, compared to eternity, it is but for a moment. Amen? He said, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Yeah, we put up with suffering for a little while, and then for all eternity, we have no suffering anymore. It'll all be gone. Amen? So sometimes, God allows suffering to test us, grow us, but ultimately He's going to reward us. Now, sometimes it's for chastening or correction in our lives. As we said before, believers are subject to the laws of sowing and reaping. And uh, we're, we have that in our lives just as bad as the wicked do, really. We know that many of our troubles are the fruit of our own sin and foolishness. Some of you maybe got saved late in life and some of the things that you did uh, before you got saved is, is the reason why you're suffering some of the things that you have in your body. I don't know. Don't, I don't know your life. don't know what's there. But I'm just saying it's possible that some of those things are there because uh, we are reaping what we sowed earlier. Um, is, we know that many of our troubles are the fruit of our own sin, the fruit of our own foolishness, and maybe even our lack of wisdom. And, and sometimes that can be as a result of our own slothfulness. Sometimes we're not as diligent as we should be. And we suffer because of that lack of diligence. The consequences of sin can be some of the greatest chastening that there is. And so the Lord may allow us to suffer the natural consequences of our sin. Listen, God doesn't have to bring anything unusual in your life if you stray away from Him. Sometimes all He has to do is just let sin take its course in your life. That's probably the worst thing that could happen in your, in your life. Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6 uh, says this, says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I don't know about you, but I'm glad uh, that the Lord loves me. Well, part of that love is when you do wrong and he tries to get you back in the path, he'll bring some chastening at times. You know, my parents loved me as I was growing up. I don't know about your parents. Part of that love was they disciplined me. Amen? And God is, God is like that. He disciplines His children just the same way that we discipline our children. Sometimes it's for keeping us close to Him. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 67, he says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. When affliction comes, we draw closer to the Lord, don't we? We, we just do. 
Psalm 119, verse 71, the psalmist also said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Sometimes suffering is to be able to, for us to be able to help others. In other words, the things that we go through, God gives us grace as we go through them. We see somebody else going through a similar thing. Say, you know what? Let me tell you what, the, what God did for me. Well, that's what 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 is all about. Talking about how God who, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We go through it. God comforts us. God brings things in our life. We, we get encouraged. In spite of the difficulty we went through, then we see somebody else suffering and we help them in the same way that God helped us. God uses us as His vessels to be able to help others. Sometimes it's to accomplish His sovereign purposes. Sometimes we, we can look at suffering and can't make sense of it. I'm not telling you that you can look at it and tell what God is doing as you're going through it. You may or may not. I knew a family one time that they lost their son in, uh, in a drowning accident. And they were believers. And he, was, uh, he was a teenager. And they continually uh, suffered because of that. They did not understand, could not see what God, you know, what good came out of it. Romans 8, 28 still in the Bible, folks. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purposes. But they could not see what God did because they couldn't see what God did. They, they, were, they had a little bitterness there. That's not for us to, to do. John, John chapter 9, verse 2 and 3, um, the, the Lord Jesus was healing a blind man. His, his disciples asked him there, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now let's think about that for a minute. You willing to go through something for God to give you His grace to get you through that? so that the works of God can be made manifest and He can get glory out of it? You willing to do that? Yeah? 1 Peter 4, verse 19 says, Wherefore let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Oh, I'm going through a tough time, but I trust God. That's what it's saying. You, 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 you commit your, your keeping to, to, to God. You commit your life to Him. He's faithful. It would do us well to remember that God is God. He doesn't answer to us. He has a right to do as He pleases. He will fulfill all of His Word. And listen, in the end you will be able to see it at the judgment. <laughs> you will and you'll, you'll give praise to God for those things. So we sing the pain, the pathology, the purpose of suffering. But what we, were, what we want to get to here is the provision for suffering. 
And that provision is what we're preaching on. That's grace. Amen. That grace multiplied in our lives. The grace of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2, verse number 18 says, for, talking about Jesus, says, For in that He Himself hath suffered. Think about it. Jesus suffered for us. In that He hath suffered being tempted. He is able to secure them that are tempted. Now, that word secure, secure means to aid or relieve. means to help. He's able to help those of us that are tempted as we go through suffering on our part. Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16 says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? Grace. Multiplied grace is available to us from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We just have to look to Him. One day, suffering's going to pass. That's the last thing I want to deal with. The passing of suffering. If you'll, We're going to turn to First uh, Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. One of these days, there will be an end to the suffering for the believer because of Christ. Now, that's not true in the case of the unbeliever. I'll just pause. This is not in your notes. But um, if, you're, if you're unbelieving, the suffering just gets worse. If you leave here without the Lord in your life, and you were to die, what happens? Well, you're going to suffer the second death, be uh, cast into a lake of fire, and your suffering will be for all eternity. But for those that are believers, 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse number 42, and uh, through 44 here, he says, so, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. We know that's the case. When they bury this body, this body goes back to the dirt that it's made of. And it's sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Talking about our, our, our glorified, uh, raptured bodies. Amen. We're going to be changed to a body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. That's the problem with these bodies. They're, you know, they're, they're natural, and that natural part that they're made out of is sinful flesh. So it's on a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And we see that uh, verse number 50 also talks about the time when we will be raised up. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And that's what the resurrection gives us. It gives us victory over that death. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And tonight we're going to be dealing with these two verses here. But thanks be to God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The passing of suffering. Thank God there is an end to suffering for the believer because of Christ. 1 Peter 5.10 says that suffering is for a while. says it's for a while. 1 Peter 1.6 says it's for a season. Romans 8.18 calls them the, the sufferings for this present time. This time while we're living here. Amen. As a child of God, while we may not know the length of the sufferings of this life, we do know that they eventually they will be over. And that gives us hope, doesn't it? It, it gives us a, a, a thing to rejoice in. So in light of what we've seen about suffering today, what should be our response to suffering? Well, let, let me give you four responses. Not all of these are good responses, okay? But this is, there's four ways you can come and respond to suffering. We may choose to despise the suffering and blame God for it, but rebelling instead of submitting, that leads to hardness of heart and even more suffering. A number two way is we may faint under it and allow it to break us. You ever known somebody that with the suffering they got, went through, it actually broke them? Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. We need to... Tr- we need to trust in the Lord as we're going through it and allow Him to give us the strength to make it through it. We may acquiesce and bear it, but not joyfully. We can go through it and we can gripe and complain and uh, let everybody know just how bad we got it. And God gets no glory out of it. And that's the fourth way. We may joyfully yield to the will of God, relying fully on His grace, and that brings victory in our life. Amen? So I don't know what you're going through, but I know that we're all going through things. And if you're not going through them today, you may go through them tomorrow. Um, and lean upon the grace that is in the Lord to get you through your suffering. Let's pray. Father, we pray today thanking you for the grace that you give as we go through this life. And Lord, uh, many of us dealing with things, and I'm not minimizing what we're going through. Some of these things are are very difficult for us to go through, and they bring pain, and they do bring suffering. It's, it's, It's not a word that we like to hear. It's not a word that we really want to go through. But Lord, we can help us to learn the things that you want us to learn from our suffering, and help us to submit to you and, 
and, and rely upon your grace for our suffering. Now, Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, they need your saving grace to keep from suffering for all eternity. And may today be the day they come to a saving knowledge of you. And as we have this invitation, we pray that you give them the strength to step out and take care of that today. But Lord, help us uh, in our suffering. Help us in our affliction in this life. And help us to lean upon the grace that you give. But the great, that grace is available to each one that's here this morning. We have your grace available. Help us to avail ourselves of that available grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand.